Can we share a word of prayer? Our Father and our King, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to come and sit at your feet. You have the words of eternal life. Therefore, we come to you tonight that we will hear the voice of the Son of God tonight and live. Lord, speak to us, O God, in this auditorium and those who are on their, at their various family altars and in our various corners, O Lord. Father, reach out to us, O God. Let us hear your voice tonight and live. We thank you for what we are about to receive tonight. Lord, I yield myself to you and I say, if you can use anything, Lord, use me to bring out your word and give your people the listening ear that we will hear and understand, that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Thank you, Lord, for what you are about to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace and many blessings. We want to begin by taking two scripture readings. The first one is from Genesis chapter 22, verse 7 and 8. Genesis 22, 7 and 8. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamp for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamp for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Amen. Now, second reading is taken from John chapter 1, verse 29, and then from verse 35 to 37. John 1. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Verse 35. Again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. 37. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Hallelujah. So, at a time when there was a need for a sacrifice, the kind of sacrifice that would purify the affections of men and direct mankind back to the love of God, there was a question, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? The lamb was needed, there was the need for a lamb for the sacrifice. And Father Abraham prophesied to his son and said, God will provide for himself that lamb for the sacrifice. Hallelujah. And in, in John, we see that God indeed provided the lamb. And Jesus 
is the lamp of God. Amen. So John saw Jesus coming and he told his disciples that, look, the lamp of God, this is the lamp of God, the one who takes away the sin of the world. And again, the next day, when he, he pointed Jesus, the Lamb of God, to his disciples, they gave a response. They followed the Lamb. Amen. I believe that um, when John said that, Behold the Lamb, like, look at the Lamb. And Jesus was actually walking. So, the best way not to lose sight of somebody who is walking is to do what? Is to follow the person. Because if you do not follow, the person will come and pass. So, these two disciples decided that, okay, if we have to keep this man ever before us and not lose sight of this lamb, then we will follow him. Hallelujah. So, I believe that in talking about the Lamb of God tonight, the Lord is knocking at our hearts to bring our focus back to the Lamb and to become followers of the Lamb. Because these same disciples who followed Jesus, at the last supper, he told them that, yes, I am, I am eating and drinking this cup with you, but the next time I'll be drinking it with you, in paradise. So I believe that if we follow Jesus and we fellowship with him, we will also feast with him in paradise and we will never be lost. Hallelujah. So we want to look at Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lamb of God. I believe that the Lamb of God was sounded, the need for the Lamb was sounded right from the beginning of the, of the world, the foundations of the world. Because God created man in his own image, both male and female. And the man that God created was perfect. There was nothing wrong with the man. But along the line, man sinned. So there was no more fellowship with God. And what the man did, man and his wife did, was that they got fig leaves to cover their shame and their nakedness. So, you know, God had told Adam and Eve that when you eat this, the tree, the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. And they disobeyed and they ate the fruit and they died. Even though they were talking and moving around. They, they had died. They were spiritually dead. They were naked and wretched and, and poor. They, they had been disinherited. They didn't have any spiritual inheritance again because they had handed everything over to Satan by their disobedience. And this was their state. So they found leaves to cover themselves. But what did God do? When we look at Genesis chapter 13, verse 21. Sorry, Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. 
Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Amen. So, this is what God did. He made clothes from skin, animal skin. And when we read Revelation chapter 13 verse 8, there is an indication there. Um, shall we look at that verse? Revelation 13 8. There is an indication there that a lamb was slain. Hallelujah. See, all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life. Of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. So, from all indications, the material that was used for Adam and Eve's clothing was from this lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So, God actually brought, uh, made a sacrifice, killed the lamb, took the skin, and made clothing to cover the guilt and the shame of man right from the beginning. Amen. And throughout the Old Testament, we see that man would offer different animals for different sacrifices. There was burnt offering, grain offering, sin offering, trespass offering, peace offering, all of this in attempt to um, atone for our sins and in order to have peace with God and to be able to fellowship with God. But these sacrifices were not permanently effective. Amen. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, and we will read that, Hebrews 10. We'll read from verse 1 to 4. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshippers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Amen. So, we will come back to this verse, but we will continue from verse 5. So, this was the nature of, the temporary nature of the sacrifices that man was making. They had a temporary effect, and every year, repeatedly, they had to be offering sacrifices. And actually, the verse 3 tells us that <laughs> the sacrifices themselves were a reminder of their sins. So, it was it's, it's something that is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats and animals would take away sin.
sins. And verse, so verse 5, we'll go to verse 5. It says that, Therefore, when he came into the world, he's talking about Jesus, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will. Amen. So, the plan of God was, and the will of God, which Jesus came to do, was to come and offer his body once and for all for the atonement of our sins. And Jesus is that lamb, is that sacrificial lamb who was slain for our sins, to take away our sins. So in, in, in dying, Jesus actually didn't cover our sin, but he took our sins away. And he, he offered himself once and for all. He didn't have to die again and again and again. And his death in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 says that he actually cleanses our conscience from dead works so that we'll be able to serve the living God. So whereas the human sacrifice was a reminder of our sins, was always reminding us that yes, we, we are in debt. And there's a penalty awaiting us because of our sin. Jesus actually came and took away our sins and cleansed our conscience. So there's no more um, guilty conscience to anyone who believes in Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Hallelujah. So, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, and Jesus is that Lamb. And when He was slain, and He took away our sin, that sin that separates us from God, that middle wall of partition, that separated us from God, that we could not connect with God, was removed. And so, through the blood that he shed, we, we were forgiven. We were redeemed from the hand of the devil. And we were forgiven all our sins. In, in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah also prophesied about the Lamb of God. In the way Isaiah prophesied, I was even looking at it today and I said, Hey, this man, the things that he's talking about, he's talking in past tense. He's talking in past and he's not talking about uh, future. So that links with the, the word of God in Revelation that says that the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. So we'll look at Isaiah chapter 53. Okay, we'll take it from verse 4. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried 
our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We'll end at verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet we, he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Hallelujah. So we see that he was talking about past tense. So before Jesus even appeared here on earth, this was already a done deal. And everything that was happening in the Old Testament was actually a pointer to the fact that there was going to be the real thing. The Bible says that all those things in the law, they were a shadow of things to come. They were pointing to the fact that the real thing, the real sacrifice is going to take place. It's like in our time when we were young, when pictures were taken, uh, they have the negative. Before now, they, they went and develop it and then you see the real picture. So, all that was happening in the law uh, was the negative. But Jesus came to process it and we saw the real picture. Hallelujah. So, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth and he had done all of this already and it was fulfilled when Jesus came in the form of the flesh, of human flesh, to offer himself as a sacrifice for us. Hallelujah. So, looking at the Lamb of God, what he did for us, and I believe that God wants us to also take the charge that John the Baptist gave to his disciples. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus came to take away us and he redeemed us out of the hand of the devil. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven. The psalmist says that, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who crowns you with tender mercies and loving kindness? Who satisfies you with good things and renews your youth like the eagle? It goes on and on and on. The Lord is good. And in taking away our sin, the, the implications of what Jesus Christ came to do on the cross is so awesome. And every day, I believe that as we focus on what Jesus did on the cross... And we begin to uh, receive more revelation of what 
he has done and its implication on our lives, I believe that our lives will never be the same. Hallelujah. Because our sin he has taken away to whoever believes in Jesus Christ that he came to die for our sins and he is the son of God. We receive forgiveness of sins and we receive we are we receive deliverance from the hands of the devil. The devil has no power over us again. And when Jesus redeems us, he doesn't leave us in the devil's domain. He actually translates us from the devil's domain into his kingdom, the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. And this year God says that it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Hallelujah. And I believe that if we focus on the Lamb of God, we will receive the kingdom. Amen. He and we have healing also through the, the ultimate of, uh, sacrifice that Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. And in dying on the cross, he has justified us. He has, he has made us righteous just as if we never sinned. So he does, not, he does not count our sins against us. In fact, everything that stands against us what Jesus did is that he blotted it out completely and gave us a new sheet, a clean sheet. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. These are things that we know. You know, we have read, we have heard, but a time has come that we have to give the more earnest heed to these things because we need to get a certain revelation that will bring us to the place where God wants us to be. Hallelujah. Because the, the death of Jesus Christ cannot be in vain. What he did on Calvary and his resurrection cannot be in vain. It has to manifest in the life of the believer. Amen. And so we have to Continue to behold the lamp of God. We want to continue to behold the lamp of God. I, I want this, this to ring in your spirit. Behold the lamp of God. And, and as it rings in your spirit, you continue to seek after Jesus and follow after Jesus in a way that you will know him better and better to understand all that he did and, and um, the Apostle Paul in his prayers, he says that he wants our eyes to be enlightened so that this thing that Jesus did on the cross, we will understand it in such a way that we will know the exceeding greatness of his power that has been released to those of us who believe. Amen. There is power. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is wonder-working power in the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice, that blood that is able to make the vilest offender, the worst criminal, turn that person into a saint. That is powerful. Hallelujah. And is able to um, release us from every bondage of Satan. 
every addiction, whatever it is, what we have to do is to behold the Lamb of God, to trust in Him, continue to follow Him, and He will manifest His power unto us. Amen. So the blood of Jesus Christ also gives us peace with God. So we are justified and there is no quarrel between us and God again. We are now reconciled to God. Amen. Um, Okay, let's read some more scriptures. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Amen. So, we are saved from the wrath to come, the wrath of hell through Jesus Christ because now we have been made um, holy and righteous. God has given us his own righteousness. So, There is no condemnation awaiting us because there is no quarrel between us and God. And now, whereas in the Old Old Testament, the priest, even the priest was warned that you have to approach um, God's presence uh, with fear. You can't just get up and go there anyhow. But because of the blood of Jesus, we have access to the holiest place in the, in the heavenlies. And that is the presence of God. Amen. I want us to look some, at some more scriptures. Leviticus chapter 16, verse 2. Looking at the word of God to buttress what we are saying. Leviticus 16, 2. He says, And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at just any time into the holy place beside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark lest he die for I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Hallelujah. So this one is a serious warning. So Aaron, who was the priest, was one that you, you can't just get up and come at any time to my presence. Otherwise, you can die. Think about that. So we have such a privilege. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we have an invitation to come. He says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. So whereas in the old covenant when, they were in the, when we were in the negative even the priest could not come at any time because if he comes at any time um, he could die. But we are being invited that we should come what? Boldly. We should come with, with confidence. And when we come with confidence, we will obtain mercy. We will not die, but obtain mercy. Hallelujah. And we will find what? Grace 
to help in time of need. Indeed, we are in uh, times of great need. And uh, this is the time that we need to be habitual um, visitors, constant visitors at the throne of grace, because that is where we will find, we will obtain mercy and, and find grace to help us. Amen. And this is all because of what Jesus did on the cross, that ultimate sacrifice. And the physical sign of that was when his blood was shed and he died, that the, the curtain that divided, that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place was torn into two. So God actually opened the life gate for mankind that whoever believes can approach, can come in and will not be stricken dead but will be, um, will be shown mercy. Amen. So we should take advantage of this, this privilege and always go before the presence of the Lord. What is the need that you have? The blood of Jesus Christ has sufficiently covered it all. Because when he, he, he finished it, he said, it is finished. He said, it is finished. And in, it is finished means it is indeed finished. I remember one time Prophet Kujo was preaching and he said, yes, Bronsam, or can I say, we can I say, we are not going to be we are to me and can she. And to see us soon in she, come be we are into Philippine Sufi or Jesus Christ on Azure in Nidimo. Hallelujah. Jesus has finished it. It is a done deal. So why do we worry? Why are we going back and forth, running from pillar to post, when Jesus has done everything already for us? Are we facing trials and temptations? Are we in any kind of trouble? Is the accuser of the brethren always bombarding our minds with, um, with things that we have done in the past? The word of God tells us that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So when the enemy comes bombarding your mind with stuff, what is your testimony? What is my testimony? The testimony is that Jesus has already forgiven me all my sins. And he himself does not remember it anymore. He will not condemn me. He, cannot, he will not condemn me because he loved me and he gave his life for me. Why would he come and condemn me? Why would Jesus come and condemn you? Let us return to Jesus because he really loves us. And he wants the best for each and every one of us. And we should also tell others too about the love of Jesus. Tell Jesus, tell what Jesus has done for us as a testimony to others, like the woman of Samaria did. When she told her testimony of what Jesus had done, many souls were drawn into also coming to Jesus. So a testimony is something that we shouldn't keep to ourselves. We should, we should testify. We should proclaim it. Let us co continue to proclaim what Jesus Christ has done for us. And indeed, 
He says that when we, we come to his table and we eat of his, his flesh and drink his blood, as often as we do it, we are actually proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. So in even remembering and keeping um, our focus and beholding the Lamb of God, we are proclaiming and we must proclaim that yes, Jesus died for me and because of the blood that he has shed, he, he has set me free from the hands of the devil. My sins he has taken away. He does not remember my sins anymore. He has justified me. He has reckoned me, counted me righteous just as if I've never sinned. He has sanctified me, set me apart for holy use. I am his workmanship created by Christ Jesus unto good works. Hallelujah. Let this testimony not depart from our mouth because it is our victory. Hallelujah. It is our victory. Amen. Because we will not see Jesus physically like the disciples of John the Baptist to say that, oh, okay, uh, when he reached there, he ran towards Pamwan Junction. Let me follow him to Pamwan Junction. No. We are looking at what he did for us. We are looking at his word and we are following him. You know, um, when people are following people on um, friends on Facebook, how do they follow? Everything, every event on the person's... Anyway, I'm not on Facebook. But every event about the person, they are uh, updating themselves and they are very much abreast with what's going on with that person. You know, so let's be followers of Jesus and let us be abreast. Let us keep up pace with our Lord Jesus Christ because in Him... We have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. And in him, we have to live and move and, and have our being. And when Jesus is actually enthroned in a person's life, we see that in, in Revelation chapter... I saw a verse in Revelation 22, which caught my attention during my preparation. Uh, Revelation 22 verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Amen. So when I saw this, I said, uh-huh. So it means that if Jesus is enthroned in my heart, in my life, then there shall be no more curse, amen, in my life. There is no curse that will work against me. Because Jesus is the one. He's the Lord of my life. He, he is the one who is enthroned in my heart. He is the one I am following. He, dict, he is the one who dictates the pace for me to follow. So, one way of being set free from any curse or any hold or any stronghold of Satan is to enthrone the Lamb of God. In our heart. Amen. So the scriptures that we read in the scripture that we read from John uh, chapter 1, there was the introductory part, John 1 uh, 29. He said, Yeah, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him. 
and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. And verse 35 is where we see the action of his disciples. Hallelujah. The action of his disciples was a positive response. A positive response. Again the next day. So this is a two days um, episode. So again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And verse 37 said, The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So, all of us are hearing the word of God tonight. And we have to do this positive response. Will you respond positively by following Jesus Christ? So they now follow Jesus. In fact, Jesus turned his back. Let's continue to verse 38 here. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? They said to, he said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. Hallelujah. So we want to follow Jesus uh, until he will now ask, Okay, so what, what do you want? You know, uh, some of us, when we follow Jesus and he says, What do you want? We'll say, oh, okay, I want a house like a castle. Uh, I want lolly. I want this. I want that. These people, they said, we want to know where you live. <laughs> That's where we want. That's where we want to be. So Jesus said, okay, then come. So first of all, they were invited by their master, John the Baptist. They were introduced by their master, John the Baptist. Now... They are being invited by Jesus Christ himself who is saying that, okay, you want to know where I live? Okay, then come and see. And when they went, what did they do? They remained. And they remained with him until Jesus was crucified and they were apostles. They were part of the twelve who turned the whole world upside down. So let us follow Jesus and remain, but not be going in and out. Um, you know, popping in and out like popcorn. We shouldn't be popcorn Christians. We have to remain with Jesus Christ. Because the Lamb also has a, has a book. Hallelujah. The Lamb of God has a book. And in that book, He has written the names of all those that He has sanctified. Those that He has those who have believed in him and have not loved their lives and loved their flesh. He's written the names of his sins in that book. 
and those whose names are in that book are those who inherit the kingdom of heaven. Those who will be invited to the lambs, the, 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 the wedding supper of the lamb. Hallelujah. But those whose names are not written in the book, he says something in Revelation 13, 8, which we read. If you can have it in the, the Amplified. Revelation 13, verse, yeah. And all the inhabitants of the earth will fall down in adoration and pay him homage. Everyone whose name has not been recorded in the book of the Lamb, which was slain in sacrifice from the foundation of the earth. Or maybe it's the NLT. There's one which, which actually describes who they will pay. Let's, let's look at it in the NLT as well and see. Yeah, yeah it's the NLT. And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made. The book that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered. Hallelujah. So it means that those whose names have not been written in the lamb's book of life will be deceived. And they will succumb to the beast. And they will be worshipping the beast. The beast, the Antichrist. And in these uh, past few months, um, a lot of things are going around and we are asking, okay, so is this the end? Hey, are they coming to um, give us what do you call it? Uh, um, identification code that will monitor us six, 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 you know, and all that. Somebody say, hey, me, I will not take it. The, our safety is in focusing on the Lamb. Amen. And in focusing on the Lamb of God, He will give us the power to overcome the beast, and we will not worship the beast. But those who will not keep their focus on, on the Lamb of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, as the Word of God has said, those people, they belong to the world, and they love the world, and the things in the world. So, oh, they will be worshipping the beast and you know, paying homage to the beast, because their names are not in the book of life. So, this is a time that, indeed, our own devotion to our Lord Jesus Christ should be, you know, should be very, very intense. We should be more committed to Jesus Christ in these days because we don't know when He's coming. He can come any day. But when He comes, will He come and find you faith, as a faithful follower of our Lord Jesus Christ? Or you come and meet you doing your own thing and putting God aside. Let us be faithful to Jesus. 
Let us be faithful because he was faithful and he, he loved us so much that he gave himself for us. He gave himself wholly for us that we will be reconciled with God. So let us also be, be devoted to the Lamb of God so that ultimately we will be invited to have supper with him in paradise. We will be invited to the, to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And we will live before that, we will live victoriously in this world. Not um, struggling under the domain of the evil one. But the Bible says that the whole world is under the, the domain, the sway of the evil one. He is swaying. So wherever he sways them, they are going this way. But those of us who have known him, we cannot be deceived. Because we have, we have, he has given us the overcoming power because of our faith in him. The greater one is in us. And he is on the throne of our hearts. And he is the master of our lives. And therefore, no curse, no bondage, nothing of the world can um, can rule over us. So let us do as the disciples of John the Baptist did. Behold the Lamb. Follow the Lamb. Don't lose sight of Him. Those who looked up to the Lamb, they were free from the sting of that serpent. Amen. Because Jesus told Nicodemus that, look, as Moses lifted that serpent in the wilderness, the Son of Man will be lifted up so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, the Lamb of God, they crucified Him. Isaiah prophesied it. He was, he, he, all our um, sins were laid upon Him. We went astray. He didn't go astray. He was righteous, blameless. We are the ones who went astray like sheep. We went our own way. We decided to live our own lives and do what we want. And Jesus offered himself and all our iniquities was carried and laid upon him. Laid upon him. And he did not complain. He bore it for you and me. And there is a powerful effect in the work of Calvary which the believer should not overlook. Let us continue to focus on the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I want us to pray briefly at this time concerning what we have heard. What is your response? Is it a positive response? Will you follow Jesus so that you do not lose sight of Him? Will you constantly yield to him, allow him to be the master of your life? Let us tell Jesus that we want to comprehend. We want to 
be enlightened as we follow him day by day. He should enlighten us more and more in this matter in such a way that all our affections towards the world and the things of the world will fade away. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much, that you give us your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to come and die for us. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will enlighten us and give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened in this matter. That we will know the hope of our calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power. Lord, yes, let your mighty power continue to work in us that which is well-pleasing unto you, O God, that in all that we do, we will manifest you. Our whole being will proclaim Jesus so that all will hear about your goodness and be drawn to you. We pray that, Lord, if anyone has any issues, let the blood of Jesus go to the root of their issues, O Lord, and blot it all out. Give them a clean sheet and total freedom. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.